Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Erica and I will be discussing what self-love is and how it influences your ability to practice witchcraft. We will also share tips on how you can begin to cultivate a healthy relationship with yourself. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're We're your hosts, hosts, the Mystic Mystic Sisters, Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose the Seven of Pentacles. The theme of this card is patience. The important thing to notice is that these fruits, maybe they're pumpkins or squash or something else, but they're not quite ready to harvest yet, but they're very, very close. So it's a matter of determining the best time to harvest. The farmer has tended the soil, planted the seeds, watered, fertilized, weeded, protected the plants from sun and weather damage for this entire growing season. And now they're just waiting for the proper moment to harvest and bring the produce to sell or to home to share with their family. So with all of that in mind, this card is about the reward of the hard work and the consequences of laziness. I think it's also about the benefits that come from putting your ideas into something material. It takes some vision to recognize that a well-cared-for seed can become a beautiful plant with more food than you could eat on your own, and it also takes a lot of hard work. So it takes this vision to not be overwhelmed by what it takes to get from point A to point B and just reflect on what's next. So don't worry about all the things that come after the next step. So Erica, do you have a story about putting in the work and being patient as you reflect on when is the best time to harvest the results of your work? Well, I guess I'm going to go with the very literal interpretation of this card. I've spoken about my garden in the past. I have a love-hate relationship with my garden. I get in these modes where if my plants don't cooperate with me, then I just give up on the whole thing. And I kind of forget about them for a while, which is kind of what's happening right now. (laughs) So I started the cold frame uh, this year was the first time, but we had an incredible windstorm that swept the cold frame away. And then the plants got all beaten and bruised and cold. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, well, fine, I'm not even going to worry about you. And I'm not even going to do anything with you because you're stupid. (laughs) But they have decided that they're just going to grow without me, which is wonderful. And so I think this card is reminding me that things will continue to move. And if I need to take a break or if I need to not work as hard on something for a little while, it will continue without me and that I can come back to it. It's teaching me that the theme that we talked about, the patience and just letting things happen and bad things will come. And if I just keep at it, eventually something will grow from it. So this card has a couple of analogies for me. And one is the stock market, but I'm not going to talk about that as my story because I'm not in charge of that. 
part of our financial setup, but it, it does remind me of that idea of, and maybe this will relate to somebody who's listening, that you put money into the stock market and you, it's sort of a gamble about what you're going to get out of it. There's a chance that it could keep growing and you could get a lot of money. There's also a chance that that stock could drop and then you might lose money. So that's one story that I was thinking of and kind of why I think some people are nervous about, you know, getting involved in the stock market if you don't really know what you're doing. But my story is on a personal level is that when it comes to projects, I always struggle with the last like 5%. And I think that's where we are in this card as this person has put in like all of the work, but the last little bit is the hard part where you have to be patient and really like put in that effort to get the final result that is perfect due to all the work that you've put in and so that you actually get something worthy out of it. And that's where I always struggle is like, I will have the idea. I'll be really excited about the idea. I'll do all the research. I'll put in all the time to like specifically with writing, I'll put in the time to like write out an outline, fill in the information. But then the last 5% of like editing, <laughs> making it look nice, putting it into a usable format for other people to see, those steps I always kind of forget to do or like don't do. And so I guess this card is a reminder that it's okay to, you know, maybe like take a break or something or, or just be patient and, and continue on with the work that you've been putting in and not be overwhelmed about like what else is left to do. As we mentioned, we are going to share some tips for cultivating self-love and talking about why it's important for witchcraft. So Erica, what is self-love? Self-love is defined as the act of valuing yourself and your own happiness. It is about appreciating and accepting yourself for who you are, warts and all. It's about recognizing that you are growing and changing constantly, no matter what you are worthy of your life. When you love yourself, you forgive yourself and treat yourself with compassion and kindness. Self-love is an important thing to do just in life in general, but it's also important if you're a witch specifically. So when you learn to love yourself, you are tapping into this personal power and that is how you can create change in your life. So we'll talk about that more throughout this episode, but why else is self-love important, Erica? Well, it enables you to practice self-care, which we have discussed at length on the show. Self-care is the deliberate thoughts, words, and actions that you engage in that are focused on taking care of yourself on every level, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual for the long-term health and wellness of you. When you are loving yourself, you are more likely to take care of yourself because it's a cycle. And so that means that you're going to be more likely to make healthy choices for your spirit, your body, and your mind, again, for that long-term health and wellness. So a few ways to practice self-love. We'll just share three here, but there's tons. What's the first one? So you can start with some mindfulness work. It's important to be mindful of your thoughts and behavior patterns and the things that trigger you. This is a part of shadow work. And so your awareness of you is the first step towards accepting your shortcomings with your gifts as you love your whole self, knowing your patterns and triggers so that you can develop techniques to overcome them. It's all about recognizing those thoughts and behavior patterns so that you can be more aware of when they're happening 
And then, like you said, being able to overcome them if necessary or work with them as you accept them. I just heard a quote from Deepak Chopra where he was talking about this. And he was saying that your thoughts are unconscious, but the part of you that is aware of your thoughts is where we can start to practice this mindfulness. He gave a technique of say to yourself, I wonder what my next thought will be and just sit there for a minute. And when it comes to you, be like, oh, that was interesting. It's a way to start thinking about your thoughts and a way to be mindful of where you are and what you're doing. I like that. I think that's a good tip for like getting started with that. Or even if you're already sort of aware, just thinking about, I wonder what's going to come next. (laughs) Yeah. As I was doing it, it was odd because when I had that conscious thought of, I wonder what my next thought is going to be, it took a really long time for a thought to come. It was kind of getting into that state of meditation. When you're actively waiting for a thought that's unconscious, it's this balance, it's mindfulness, it's being aware of what you're doing. So it was just, it was an interesting practice. Yeah, I think I've experienced that before where my conscious mind was like coming up with the thought. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. (laughs) So waiting for that subconscious thought. (laughs) Yeah. So another way to practice self-love is to practice self-love. Just like most things in life, practice is what makes you more comfortable with it. That's how you develop rituals and habits. In this case, I think making self-love a ritual, and it can also be a habit, but I think like being really intentional with your self-love practice because the difference is that a habit is something that you do without thinking it's sort of an automatic thing that you've done so much intentionally that now it's become a habit but yeah ritualizing it can be a really powerful symbol of how much you love yourself the last thing that we're going to talk about is practicing self-care this is a very important thing to maggie and i self-care and self-love are a cycle when you are maintaining your hygiene and you're sleeping well and you're eating healthy foods drinking water having healthy nurturing relationships when you can manage and then identify your emotions and practice gratitude and engage with other self-care activities you see yourself as more lovable, more kind, more engaged. And so you care more about yourself. So you love yourself more and it just keeps going on and on. Yes. Until you think you're just like this amazing glowing goddess. (laughs) It's perfect in every way. (laughs) It definitely is a cycle because my roommate calls it my nest where I just gather all of my things to one particular couch and coffee table in our house. I have my blanket there and I have you know, leftover dishes and all of my activities kind of scattered around. It's 100% a nest. And when my nest starts to get cluttered, remembering with ADHD, clutter is I've got doom piles and I've got organized piles. (laughs) And so when the doom piles start to pile up, I can feel dysregulated and not comfortable. And it's definitely, uh, okay, I got to clean this up because something's going on. (laughs) And with that, it goes the other direction as well. When you get into a cycle of not taking care of yourself, like I've experienced this making bad choices about what I'm eating, you know, eating like junk food or not drinking enough water, not taking care of my hygiene, all of these things. When you get into that cycle, 
you start getting into this feeling of being unworthy of that mm-hmm. care. And so yeah. it gets harder to take care of yourself better because you've, you're in this cycle of not taking care of yourself and loving yourself. Well, and you start to get feelings of like, I'm just a lazy slob and nobody likes me because you're not taking care of yourself. So taking care of yourself makes you love yourself more. We don't want to put this all on the individual either, because sometimes what helps me get out of that cycle of not taking care of myself well is either seeing how somebody else is taking care of themselves and wanting that for me and how they're happy or how somebody else is taking care of me and recognizing, oh, I could take care of me also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not just about like, you're responsible for your own love and your own care. It's part of like a communal, like your relationships help you with that. For me, this cycle, I've started a new one of, it took going to Cabo and getting shin splints when I was walking along the beach. And I'm like, I'm not okay with that. So I need to be walking more. The beach is hard to walk on. It's though. hard to walk on. But like Miles and Kim were like, just trucking along just fine. And I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> so in that case, it was seeing them. I mean, Miles walks all over the place. He, he you know, that's part of his daily routine because he works from home. So he, during lunch, he'll go out and take a stroll around the block or whatever. He's just been walking more than me. The way he said it was he had prepared his body for doing a lot of walking Mm -hmm. and I have not done that. So in that case, like you said, it was seeing other people taking care of themselves that prompted me to be like, I need to take care of myself. So that seems like a good place to talk about our self-care card for the week after talking about self-care. Maggie got me this Oracle deck of self-care activities for, I think, a birthday, and it was made by Deja Osborne and is called My Quality Time. So our card for today is number 41, Gift. It says, buy yourself a special gift that you'll cherish. I will definitely take any excuse to buy myself a gift. (laughs) My love language (laughs) is gifts, so I'm thrilled with this. When I first saw it, I was like, do I have to give somebody else a gift? That wouldn't be (laughs) self-care. Right. I mean, I guess it could be self-care to give somebody else. I think I've already gotten myself my gift for this week because it should be arriving this week. But I signed up for a virtual walk through Middle Earth. And so you follow the path that Frodo and Sam go on all the way from the Shire to Mount Doom. And there's five checkpoints along the way and you get a medal like you would from like a marathon or a race at each of those checkpoints. So I purchased for myself a medal hanger that I can hang my medals on as they come in. And it's got the silhouettes of the fellowship on it. It says Lord of the Rings on it with the one ring. And then it's got five different hooks on it. So I'm very excited for that gift to myself to come so I can motivate myself to keep walking through yeah it's like a that's like a double duty self-care yes exactly yeah (laughs) I just bought myself like three gifts this week so I probably won't buy myself another one but I'm gonna talk about the ones that I got (laughs) so I got a rain chain at the suggestion of a follower because I posted the water spout that comes off our roof 
our roof is slanted at this size. So we had to research a special gutter putter on her, gutter installer. <laughs> okay. It was really hard. It was too hard. So we stopped researching it and we just said we were going to live with it. So anyway, I got a rain chain as a, a different solution because there is a water spout still and it was pummeling a plant. And I shared it on my stories that I didn't realize that the plant was like in the way of this water spout coming off our roof. And they were like, you should get a rain chain. So I did. I also got myself an iced tea maker. It's just a pitcher that has a thing in the middle where you put the tea leaves and then they soak overnight. So I make the tea at night and in the morning I have iced tea. I love iced tea, but it's such a hassle to make it because of the stuff that I had mm -hmm. <laughs> available to me. I didn't have the right equipment. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get the freaking picture. Why am I holding out on myself on this thing that's like $30? <laughs> and then I also got myself a variety pack of Jelly Bellies and those will be here today. So I'm very excited about that. Yay. I learned about, have you heard of werewolf mode for ADHD people? No. I think it's like something that this person came up with for themselves. It's obviously not like a clinical term but they were talking about how they get to a point it's like a low dopamine point and their way to combat that is to just shovel food into their mouth and so they started stocking up on candy so that they were just you know eating candy instead of other stuff and other people might experience it with like being having an insatiable sex drive or drinking too much or taking too many drugs or exercising too much, like going overboard with something that does give you dopamine. So anyway, her talking about candy made me want candy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily have werewolf mode with candy, but it made me want candy. Yeah, I get that. So I don't know if any of that is really self-care, but they're gifts that I got and I think they'll make me happy. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I hope that our listeners will also take it upon themselves to get themselves a gift that they no will bring them joy and if you do let us know on social media somewhere now let's get into how self-love influences your witchcraft practice like many spiritual practices modern witchcraft is a way to cope with the challenges we face in life most witches that i've talked to found witchcraft when they were healing from trauma of some kind, whether that was childhood trauma, lost loved one, lost a job, breakup, were being bullied at school, anything that causes you some sort of negative emotions. A lot of people have found witchcraft due to that. Because of this, you know, witchcraft has taken on this mantle of being about healing all aspects of yourself and bringing them into balance. That's why that shadow work is so important. And we talk about it all the time. Witchcraft is also about healing societal wounds and helping people in your community to be more accepting and accommodating of one another. And really, if you look back on history, witchcraft has always been about healing of some sort, that there's the wise woman or man or person of the village was the person who knew how to heal you of whatever wound you had. So it continues to hold that space in the modern world. Right. And there's all sorts of people, regardless of gender, sexuality, race, nationality, any other identity that you hold for yourself that are attracted to witchcraft and through practicing witchcraft and interacting with people from a variety of backgrounds and with different life experiences, we can learn how to love humans. And this can be reflected back on learning how to love yourself. And so at its core, witchcraft is all about love. 
If you look at any kind of spell that you're casting, I would argue that the root of that spell is love of some kind, you know, for friendship or for romance or for fertility. Those are kind of like the obvious, this is about love. But, you know, casting a spell to find a new job, that can also be about love. You're saying that you love yourself enough to find a job that you're passionate about or that you love your family so much that you want to provide them with the basic needs of life. There's some root of it is love. And even if you're casting a curse, which you might say is not love, I think it can be seen as a loving act. It's protecting people from harm. For the most part, if you're casting a curse, it's as there is a way to protect somebody else from future harm or to protect yourself from harm. And potentially, depending on the curse, trying to get that person to redeem themselves, become a better person. Right. It's like a intervention, which can be harmful in the moment, can be really emotionally distraught and an upheaval, but it's coming from a place of love and care for the person that you're intervening with. It's kind of reminding me of like the love and light movement where it's like toxic positivity that love has to be a good thing, but love can be painful. Like when you feel heartbroken, it's because you loved somebody and you probably still love that person and you're missing them. And grief is love. You're missing somebody. I don't know how this relates to self-love. It's just a thought that I'm Mm. having. (laughs) I think what we're trying to say right now is that love is this mysterious and unknown aspect because it is so nebulous and has so many facets to it. And it can be hurtful and it can be glorious when you're caring about yourself and you're loving yourself It means saying, I have these faults and I am hurt right now. I need to love myself and those hurts and those faults. Yeah, that's really an important aspect too, is with the shadow work is loving the parts of you that are lovable is really easy for, I guess it might not be easy for everyone, but it's a lot easier than loving the parts of you that either society or somebody or you have told yourself is not lovable. Those parts are hard to love. But self-love is about loving all of those things, whether it's easy or hard. I've been on this journey of acceptance of myself. I've always said I trust too easily. I've come to feel like that's putting a negative spin on it. It's not a bad thing that I trust because trust is a part of love. I give out my love to anybody that I meet because I think they're worthy of that love. But that also means that I can get hurt more readily. Loving that aspect of myself and accepting that I'm going to do this because it's a value that I hold and it's something that I love about myself means that I have to accept that I'm going to get hurt and that that love is going to hurt me. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. (laughs) You know, it's the hard practice to love yourself and love everything about yourself. And when you are on that self-love journey, eventually it gets to this place where it's an empowering thing that love empowers you to pursue the life that you want in those like painful love moments you learn things like you learned about trusting people is something that you know you've learned how to like protect yourself from the pain that that can cause so in that that's part of the growth and then you learn how to get past that. It builds your self-esteem, especially surrounding the things that you are strong in, that you are 
proud of and that you already love about yourself, that helps you to feel more confident so that you can do the things that you want to do, to do the things that you need to do. And it shows you the parts of yourself that are sort of challenging, that create obstacles that uh, are in your path. And it helps you to embrace those things. It helps you to learn to overcome those obstacles. There comes a point with this trust piece. I was trying to change that aspect of myself. I was trying to not trust and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like me accepting that that's who I am and that's what I'm going to do. But like you said, taking the time to be sure that I'm protecting myself so I'm not hurt as deeply is powerful. I'm taking control of it instead of letting others hurt me. When you love yourself, you're more likely to make good decisions that are aligned with the goals that you have for your life. My goal for my life is to help other people find their joy and to be kind and generous. And so by trusting people and letting them in, I'm choosing that. I'm making that decision for myself, knowing what the consequences are. And self-love also enables you to be more creative and open to new ideas and to help you connect with your intuition and emotions. And we've talked about that, especially for witchcraft, your intuition is in your subconscious mind, or at least that's what we think. We've talked about your subconscious mind also being called your younger mind. If you read Starhawk, that's what she talks about. And so your intuition is something that is there to like guide you. And we had a whole episode on this. So I won't like, we won't talk about that again here, but your emotions are sensations that your subconscious mind sends to your conscious mind in order to communicate. So being able to connect with those pieces of yourself is like very important for your magic and in addition you you can use your emotions to fuel your magic to focus your energy in a specific direction because it's all it's all energy there are many ways to use witchcraft for encouraging your self-love and it really depends on how you practice witchcraft so a few ideas that you might want to engage in are as follows you can journal. It's always good to just kind of write down what your thoughts are. You could try that Deepak Chopra exercise that I talked about earlier of, I wonder what my next thought will be. And then whatever it is, just start writing about it. And as we've talked about throughout this episode, you could also practice shadow work. There's a ton of things that are part of shadow work, but through shadow work, you discover all the parts of you. You get to know yourself and you learn how to accept all those parts. So that's a really important aspect of self-love and witchcraft. So doing shadow work is super helpful for this journey. As always, making sure that you're setting your intentions, be it quarterly or monthly or yearly. What do you want to get out? What is the goal for this period in time? Whatever your quarterly goal might be, doing it through a lens of intentionally self-loving, being aware of whatever you're working on for that time period that you're doing it with self-love. Of course, there's always meditation. And again, you can try that Deepak Chopra thing that Erica mentioned about sitting and wondering what your next thought is going to be or any other sort of meditation combination with visualization where you're visualizing yourself as somebody who loves themselves. 
what would your life look like? What would it smell like? What would it taste like? What would it sound like? What would it feel like? You can also do some moon magic and use the moon to cycle yourself, making the phases of the moon fit with how you are loving yourself through setting intentions and release. You can also do mirror work, which we alluded to earlier of seeing how you're treating other people and how that's reflected on how you treat yourself and also seeing how other people are treating you and how that reflects in how you treat yourself. Looking at the way you're experiencing the world and seeing that reflected into the way you experience yourself, especially for figuring out which areas of your life you feel like you need more like self-love in. You experience different parts of your life in different ways. And so mirror work can help you to zero in on what's going well and how you may be harming yourself. So we hope that this episode has inspired you to begin your journey of self-love. Remember that when you love yourself, you tap into your personal power and can create change in your life. If you're ready to begin cultivating self-love, use these tips that we've shared to get started. This episode is brought to you by Willow. So I will start by telling about the medicinal properties and then Maggie will share the magical ones. I'll be talking about white willow in particular, but it's also known as a bunch of different things. Black willow, black willow extract, European willow bark, basket willow, bay willow. So here's, this is why we have scientific names. (laughs) So the uh, botanical name is Salix alba or any of the other Salix species. This is the example that I use all the time when I'm trying to convince people that herbalism is effective and useful. Willow bark is the original aspirin. It is used for all sorts of headaches, pains, muscle pain, bone pain, period pain, arthritis, and gout. It can also be used to reduce fever and symptoms of the common cold and the flu. This is the example of how pharmaceuticals are created from the folklore and natural remedies. They saw its effectiveness and then they extract those constituents. They create or synthesize those constituents to make what we now know as aspirin. This particular plant has a lot of research around it. It has a lot of studies showing its effectiveness and how it can be used to heal all of those pains that I mentioned. It is also a very good example of why pharmaceuticals are so prevalent now. The willow bark by itself, it's made up of all sorts of plant material and it has other things that are happening, whereas an aspirin by itself is just aspirin. It's the salicin constituent that's in willow bark that is that makes up aspirin. And so taking an aspirin for a headache is going to be much more effective and quicker than chewing on some willow bark. This is one of those cases where you might use the herb over time to build up the salicin in your body. So you're less likely to get headaches in the first place. 
versus using it as the cure for when the headache is there. Is that safe to do? You can just keep taking infinitely? You can use up to 700 milligrams a day. So I think it's safe. It would just be like people with heart conditions take an aspirin every day. So I think it's along the same lines. It's not going to cause the same kind of liver toxicity that you might get from other painkillers that you have to be cautious about how many and how often you take. There is a ton of things that willow bark does. It's that anticoagulant for blood clots. It's the painkiller. Definitely research this one and add it to your daily herbal supplements. Willow corresponds with the passive energy, the moon and Venus, Taurus and Libra, and the water element. Which makes sense because willows are a riparian tree. Basically, that just means they grow in the wetlands or the floodplains of a stream or riverbed. They are very good for any sort of lunar magic, whether you are in the waxing half of the cycle or the waning half of the cycle. You can incorporate willow in as a way to anchor that lunar energy into your spell work. It's considered a sacred wishing tree. It's thought that it'll grant wishes. And I always think of Old Mother Willow from that Pocahontas, the Disney movie. That was like my favorite movie and I loved her. She was the best. She's just very wise. So you also think about that. But this isn't the weeping willow. That's a weeping willow. We're talking about white willow. But in witchcraft, it's not, it's not as important to be like very specific <laughs> about which plant you're using in the same way that you need to for herbalism. Because for magic, it's all about the way that the plant behaves, how you associate that with your magical intention. So it's not necessarily about their chemical components in the way that you have to pay attention for herbalism. It's about the symbolic representations. Ancient Celts believed that willows planted on a grave would suck up the spirit of the dead person and their spirit would live in the tree. I mean, that makes sense. There's all sorts of spirits in trees. It does make sense because they are water plants. And that's part of why they're associated with the moon because they suck up the water and they release the water. So basically the parts that you would probably use for witchcraft are the leaves or the sprigs. And depending on the species, most species of willow have like really willowy <laughs> branches. That's why you get that word willow is uh, very flexible, bendable, easy to move. So if you think about that, it's uh, good for being flexible so you can carry the branches with you as a way to help you to be more flexible and and changeable and all of that because of its association with the moon it's really good for divination burning the wood before divination using the leaves as part of your divination having a plant around you could even slice up a willow branch and carve the runes into it use it as your divination tools moose really like willows there's not really any magical correspondence about that unless you're trying to work with the moose in your magic, which you could, and you could use willow to attract the moose spirits. But I just think it's cute that if you're in a wetland with a bunch of willows, you're very likely to see a moose. Hooray! Hooray for meese. For meese. <laughs> for moosen. Moosen. Throughout this week, we will be looking at our lives through the lens of the Knight of Swords. Woods. That is because this is the 
Gemini card and we're starting Gemini season and the Knight of Swords is my card. So I imagine I will find a lot of things because I relate to this card. This card is about being self-assured, being impetuous, knowledgeable, critical, impatient, tactless, (laughs) and very powerfully intellectual. It's about analyzing the situation and not having feelings. So (laughs) who does that sound like? (laughs) That sounds like my baby sister. (laughs) So we'll be looking at our lives through this lens, uh, thinking about people who we know who are like this or times that we felt that we related to this card, specifically about people, though, because this is a court card. And if you have a story about the Knight of Swords, please send it to welisten at talkwitchcraft.com. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 073. Join us next week when we talk about making the most of Gemini season. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find the show, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And if you have any other tips to add, tell us about it in the Talk Witchcraft Forum in the Mumbles Academy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your witchy friends and followers. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. It is a meeting place. Wherever there's a willow, there's a way. Down by the old willow tree, <laughs> having a meeting. Dee, dee, dee. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> Well, now I have to include that. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> <laughs>